You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? It's football Friday. Those are the second best days behind only, of course, football Saturdays. And maybe sexy Sunday? Well, I've really enjoyed the NFL games this year. I enjoyed that Bears-Buccaneers game last night, even though uh, it had a surprising outcome to me. I really thought the Buccaneers would win that game handily. But, but uh, no, I've enjoyed the NFL. So, yeah, I would, I would, I would rank the Sundays up high. But just Friday is so much fun because there's so much anticipation about Saturday. You and I have very different ideas about what sexy is. <laughs> I'm 50, so football's sexy to me. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to be 48 this month, so I'm right there with you. I, we've got to be the two oldest podcasters on the Locked On Network, by the way. We're probably the only people our age who knows what a podcast is. <laughs> that may be true. Um, want to thank Ole Miss Evie for joining us yesterday to talk about all things Ole Miss. And, Jimmy, today – we will be doing uh, predictions, obviously, as the podcast moves along. But I thought to get started, I'd just ask you some random-ass questions in a segment I like to call Ask Jimmy Some Random-Ass Questions. Um, Innovative. First of all, uh, if Waddle and Mechie already had their big games, you know, they've already had two big games, is Devontae Smith next considering he had 11 catches, 274, and five TDs last year against this same team? You know, in any weekend, it could be any one of the guys. And, 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 and to me, it's to me, it's not a situation. I don't think where Alabama goes into it going, you know, who they can't cover is Devontae. I think it has to do with with matchups and how the defense lines up and who is on who so much of a wide receiver's ability to get open has to do with who's covering. It could be a, a, a guy or two. I know in game planning what Alabama does and most teams do. This isn't like new. But uh, a big part of game planning is you watch the other team's defense and you're trying to pick out, okay, what guys can we pick on here? What guys can we pick on? And then Mac is told as part of the game planning thing, hey, when they're, when they're number 16 gets lined up on Waddle, you know, Waddle, Waddle becomes primary here because 16 is not going to be on Waddle much. But if he is, go Waddle. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, that, that happens every week. So, Sometimes you're just matched up with a guy you have a good day against. Heck, Devontae had a good day against freaking, you know, Derek Stingley last year, the only wide receiver, you know, in the country to have a good day against him. Uh, so we'll see. But, yeah, it's Devontae's turn. I'm expecting him to go off, not necessarily because it's his turn, but just because he's a damn good player. So I certainly won't be surprised. Yeah, and the weather could be a factor in that, too. Speaking of the weather, and because you think Alabama will run it more like everybody else, Najee Harris is 111 yards from cracking the top 10 of all-time leading rushers in Alabama history. Over-under for Najee, rushing yards, 110 and a half. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say under, uh, as I think Najee is still trying to catch his groove, but I think Alabama is going to run for a lot of yards, but I think we're going to see a – I can sort of see a, a day coming where, where Najee's got 80 and B-Rob's got 80 and, and even Trey Sanders has 60. 
That I, I kind of see a day like that as opposed to Najee just going off. But is is Najee cap- Najee's capable of a 200-yard day against Ole Miss? He just is. I mean, they're they're not good on defense, and Najee's a good player. I just I got this feel in the back of my head, just sort of like, well, we've seen this movie before, and that's. You know, we get one Najee in September and, and then a different Najee in November. Maybe he's just kind of one of these rhythm backs, just takes takes a while to get him in that rhythm. Will we see John Rice Plumley at quarterback for Ole Miss, considering the weather issues? It seems like he'd be a great quarterback to have out there, the dual threat type. But do you think we'll see him at any significant yeah. number of snaps? Uh, yes, uh, I think uh, it probably is more of a wildcat type thing than him playing, you know, a whole quarter or a stretch of snaps. Uh, I think Lane Kiffin, uh, he knows he's got a national stage. He knows everybody's going to be interested. He knows uh, it, it's kind of like a, a puncher's chance uh, in, in terms of like, I think Lane is excited about this opportunity and he's excited to take his big swing at, at Alabama. And he will, I think he's going to do some things that are very sound. I mean, if you're Lane, you call the wheel route on like the second snap and you run it until Alabama stops it. And then when they stop it the first time, then run it again until Alabama shows they can consistently stop it. That's what Lane does. So that's very sound. I also think if Ole Miss has a trick play, they're going to use it because it's a big stage. And I think Lane likes to show off. So I'm expecting gadgetry. Uh, using John Rice Plumley quarterback is almost like on the low end of gadgetry. I think it's something they'll do a lot, but as the season goes on, but yeah, I, I expect to see it for sure. Uh, are you surprised this is only the 68th meeting between Alabama and Ole Miss? It feels like we've played 68 times in the last 20 years. Well, we've played Ole Miss every year since 1992, since the league split into divisions. But I remember when we played Ole Miss in 92, when the division split, I remember a conversation at that time about, wow, we don't play Ole Miss all the time, and now we'll play them every year. Um, Ole Miss was just one of those SEC teams like Georgia that Alabama just wasn't always matching up against. You'd think, oh, they're in the same conference. They play all the time. We need to remember, before 1992, the league played, you know, six games or seven league games, and that's all there was. And uh, the only ones Alabama was playing every single year without fail was like Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. I mean, those four teams Alabama played year in and year out and kind of kind of would just sign contracts, you know, to occasionally play the others. But it is kind of weird because we're neighbors. But most college football fans have now grown up in this divisional era. We've been doing it for, gosh, 29, 30 years now almost. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good half a lifetime. And uh, I think people are just used to what, what we've been doing since 1992. But before 92 – fewer league games and, and and only three or four teams in the SEC were annual opponents for Alabama. Okay. Uh, last question for ask Jimmy some random ass questions segment. What's the most impressive stat here for Nick Saban? That he's 20 and 0 versus his assistants, 92 in a row versus unranked teams. The old record was 72 or that he's 47 and nine in road games at Alabama. All three are unbelievable. Uh, I'm more impressed by the second and third. The one about beating the former assistants, I think I think there's a connotation there that 
Nick, that, that, that Nick knows these guys so well, he just knows how to beat them. That's all bullshit. This is, this is about players. And Nick's, Nick's assistants tend to take over new teams that need to rebuild. I mean, A&M wasn't great. They hired Fisher. Tennessee wasn't great. They hired Pruitt. You know, uh, Florida wasn't great. They, I mean, you know, uh, South Carolina wasn't great. They hired Muschamp. Uh, I, I, I don't think – and then a few of those assistants are coaching at places. I mean, Billy Napier at Lafayette, he's not going to beat Nick Saban's Alabama team. So, I, I, while, while I'm impressed with 20-0 and 0 versus anything, I'm not nearly as impressed as I am. I think it's the streak against the unranked teams just simply because he's decimated the record. There's more parity than ever before. It is hard to do anything 90-something times in a row, no matter, no matter what that is. It's hard. It's hard to dribble a basketball without dribbling it off your foot 90 times in a row. Um, it, so I, I, I think it's uh, amazing. And if there is one thing that Nick has done that, that specifically makes him the greatest of all time is that he has somehow managed to eliminate complacency because complacency is the enemy of greatness and it has destroyed all previous greatness. <laughs> and Nick seems impervious to it. And that's the stat that speaks to it the most. Alabama simply does not stub their toe against lesser team. If you want to beat Alabama, you better be damn good. Uh, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Built Go. Uh, it's the solution to breaking through your wall, whether it's a mental or a physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. Easy to take, one and a half ounce packages. You put it in your briefcase. Uh, you can, that way you can have the best presentation you've ever had. You put it in your backpack before you go to the, uh, the, the gym or whatever, and you, you are, have the best workout you've ever had. You put it just on your desk. So in the morning when you go to work, you are ready to rock. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut. That sounds awesome. Chocolate mint. Uh, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach, which is crucial. Built Go is loaded with good stuff. It ignites your work, beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. And it has the kicks to keep you going with B6 and B12. The collagen also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Be sure to use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next odor. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo. Dot com that's built go.com go check them out Jimmy. hey when you get your when you get your pack of built go and you got your pack you, you put it in milk or water i think you just take it you don't have to put it in anything that little tiny pack yeah it's that good yeah you don't add nothing to it i didn't and it was good yeah okay i'm doing it no i got them i got some and i haven't Got me. I just looked at the packet and assumed you put it in a glass of water or a glass of milk or something, but it doesn't say it on the package. So I guess you just shoot it straight. It's, it's like a shot. Yeah. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine kind of thing. Um, 
yeah, it's great. So, but you say it's like drinking a monster drink, it's little. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Um, gotcha. So, uh, Jimmy, um, let's talk about some predictions here. And uh, I guess let's just let's just bounce around the SEC for a minute. We'll start with Florida and Texas A&M. What are you thinking there? Florida's the better team. Kyle Trask is 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 as I felt all summer. Actually, uh, I think Trask is playing his way into the first round. Uh, he just has every every box is checked for what you look for in an NFL quarterback, from great size to big arm to plus athlete to gaining accuracy the more he plays the only thing he really didn't have is experience and uh and then last year he, he started 10 games and i think won them all but one and uh and then this year is going to win a bunch more uh, so i like florida game they're just a better team than texas a&m however uh i think a&m is better than what they've shown really even in the first two games and AM's good enough to be a problem. I, I am not going to be shocked if AM upsets Florida. That, that's not going to shock me. But in terms of what should happen, I think Florida wins a reasonably close game by seven to 10 points. Okay. LSU, the game has been moved to Missouri um, with obvious reason. And uh, a lot of people don't think it'll matter. I think it could potentially matter in the sense of how well LSU plays. I don't think LSU is going to lose, but I do believe that, um, you know, anytime you get away from your friendly confines, it can have an effect of some description. So, yeah, I think that it could it could play a part. But, again, I'm going to pick uh, LSU to win. Yeah, I'm going to pick LSU to win for this. I mean, they're just a better football team than Missouri. They have more good players than Missouri has. So I'm picking LSU to win the game, and I do agree with you that playing in Columbia is is, is something that that's, that's – and, you know, you, you check that box for Missouri. I think that Alabama game is really going to help Missouri here. They've already faced one of the SEC big boys, and I think they were kind of proud of the way they played. I think that same exact effort against LSU keeps this game close. I really like Missouri with those points they're getting, and I think Missouri, you know, doesn't keep it seven points close, but – uh. I think LSU is going to win this game something like 30 to 20 or 30 to 17. I, I think Missouri will be really competitive in the game. Uh, right there with you. Uh, so let's talk about Auburn and Arkansas. That, uh, boy, um, Auburn looked like a stinky bodinky this past week, and Arkansas played better. But in the end, I think Auburn wins this game and probably by two touchdowns. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I like Auburn to win the game, and, and I think Auburn's defense, uh, I wouldn't call them elite, but I think Auburn has a good SEC defense. Uh, they're going to miss K.J. Britt big time, but but they do have a good defense. Arkansas's offense is putrid. I think one of the things that hardly anyone noticed, while it was a shocking upset when Arkansas beat Mississippi State, they still only mustered about 240 yards of offense against what's really a pretty bad Mississippi State defense. I don't think Arkansas can score points against Auburn unless they get a lot of help. Uh, I think Auburn wins uh, easily, but it will be a low-scoring game. I love the under in this game. I think Auburn wins something like 21-7. to Oof. Yeah, that is – boy, you talk about the under. Uh, and the weather could be a factor, too. I'm in Alexander City, which isn't far from Auburn. Um, it's already kind of wet and nasty, wet and nasty here. Uh, so let's go to Georgia-Tennessee. 
Great game. Uh, man, so many of these games, I sound like a broken record, but this is just kind of how I feel about it. A lot. I think there'll be a lot of close games. Tomorrow, uh, Tennessee has just improved under Jeremy Pruitt every year. I think that improvement happened again. I think they were much better in year two than they were in year one, and now they're much better in year three than they were in year two. I think this is a highly legitimate opponent for Georgia who has issues on offense. Uh, I expect Georgia to win the game because they're the better team, and I think Georgia sort of pulls this out. Uh, I won't even be surprised if it's really close. Uh, Georgia also may be looking ahead to Alabama next week. Uh, I think this is a close game. I don't think Tennessee is quite ready to knock off Georgia and Florida, but they're close, and that's going to be uh, uh, evidenced by the score. I, I think Georgia wins this game 24-20. Uh, to 20. Ooh, okay. Yep. Uh, let's talk about then – um, Mississippi State, Kentucky. How about that one? Game of the, I mean, like the kids say, low key, low key game of the week. And and this is why. There's a lot on the line here. I think we talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. If Mississippi State loses to Kentucky, and now they've lost to Arkansas and Kentucky back to back, who 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 gives a damn that they beat LSU in the opener? It's like it's like they lost. How do you lose momentum from upsetting the national champions in game one? And then two weeks later, they've lost all that momentum. So a loss for Mississippi State would be season ruining. And then if you're Kentucky, who's sitting here 0-2 and, and, and they thought they would be pretty good, if they're 0-3 with losses to Ole Miss and Mississippi State, then who is Kentucky going to beat? I mean, sure, they will play Vandy. They'll be competitive against Missouri and South Carolina. But if you ask Kentucky fans before the season started, what's a good record this year? I think they'd have told you six and four, but you start out 0 and three, there ain't going to be no six and four season in Lexington. So the loser of Mississippi state, Kentucky is in trouble uh, in so far as this season playing out. So I think it's going to be a physical game with a lot of urgency on the field. I have a very difficult time picking the winner here. I'm going to pick Kentucky to win, uh, but I think it's going to be really tight, and there is no outcome that would surprise me in this game. I'm going to say Kentucky is going to, uh, going to win this game 31 to 28. I do not know what will happen. I'm, in, I'm intrigued. And finally, the gridiron equivalent, equivalent of Ambien will be uh, Vandy and South Kakalaki. I mean, just give me a score. Don't go into anything. Yeah, South Carolina's better. South Carolina's better than everyone thinks. Uh, I think. They're a good poster child for, boy, the SEC is tough. Because I think if you put South Carolina in the Big 12, they might be a threat to win that league. And in the SEC, they're, they're likely to finish 2-8. and eight. I mean, <laughs> But they're good. Like I've said all along, Colin Hill, real talented kid. Vanderbilt is dreadful. Vanderbilt is bad for Vanderbilt. And I feel bad for Derek Mason. I think he had a good thing going. But in the end, he just doesn't have dudes. South Carolina easily. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll go into the Alabama predictions. All right, Jimmy, uh, Alabama, Ole Miss, I'll start here. Um, I, I've seen all the predictions seem to be 50-something to 30-something. I think it's going to be more like four high 40s to low 20s. Uh, yes, Ole Miss can score, but I feel like this is also going to be a game where Alabama defense is going to step up to a degree 
Um, it's just a hunch, which doesn't mean anything. But I, I suspect Ole Miss may score early like they did last time we were in Oxford on the very first play of the game. Um, and then they sort of take a break. I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama got another pick six or a scoop and score or something like that in this game. Uh, I do believe Alabama's record of going over 30 points uh, the, those number of times in a row will continue. And um, that, that streak may end next week against Georgia, but for right now, I'm going to say 48-21 Alabama. I like that score a great deal. I'll just basically give both teams another field goal from there and go 52-24 Alabama. But, you know, here, here's what I'm looking for myself. I mean, I know Alabama's going to score a lot of points. Alabama's offense is very, very good. Ole Miss's defense is very, very bad, uh, regardless of whether – Alabama should score quite a bit. Uh, I would even have a prop bet. Alabama punts in this game. I'm putting the over-under at one or one and a half. <laughs> I, would take, I would take the under at one. And, if it's a one, one and, and a half. half under, yeah. yeah, one and a half. I would take the under for, for a number of punts in the game by Alabama. Uh, of course, that's all out the window if we get sideways rain for three hours. But – but assuming semi-normal weather conditions, uh, I like Alabama 52-24. But what I'm looking for, Luke, is this. We've seen Ole Miss play twice. For some reason out there, it's just a given. Like you said, a lot of predictions have Ole Miss scoring in the 30s. Uh, we both have them scoring in the 20s. The way I look at it is, look, Kentucky held Ole Miss to, to, to right around 450 yards. Surely Alabama's defense is good as Kentucky's. Surely. And Ole Miss did score 35 against Florida, but Florida was missing three defensive starters. Alabama's defense is, is healthy for this game. We, we should definitely hold them to fewer points than Florida did. Maybe not a lot, but definitely fewer. So what I'm looking for is like, don't, I don't, and don't tell me about garbage time or nothing. If they score in the 30s and have over 450 yards of offense, I'm going to do a lot of bitching about the defense next week. We, I know Ole Miss has some talent on offense, and I'm a, I'm a Matt Corral fan in terms of his ability. And Jaron Ely is as good as any running back in this league. But their other nine guys on offense are not great. These are, these are not – do they have a pro football player on their offensive line? I don't think so. So Alabama should defensively not get run all over by Ole Miss and just because, just because Lane's a smart guy. So – I, I, I'm going to say 52-24, and if, if Ole Miss has over 450 yards and more points than that, I'm going to be pretty disappointed, frankly. 52-24 was the exact score of the A&M game, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, I think it is. Mm -hmm. That'd be something for that back-to-back 52-24s. But There's I mean, the I, thing, I, a and &M, &M has more good players than Ole Miss has on yeah. offense. No, that's right. You know, that's right. I think this is right. I think you're dead on. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I can see it going that way too. Uh, it's. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm kind of glad they moved the game back uh, to six thirty. I, I don't really understand how much better that is. Um, but um, I'm glad they moved it back because uh, it, it gives me time to watch the rest of Georgia, Tennessee. It gives me time to watch Auburn, Arkansas, and all that without having to flip around. And um, so, yeah, I dig that. And, Jimmy, I uh, just want to say I hope you stay safe 
during all these hurricane shenanigans. And when it comes to the hurricane, hey, uh, Hurricane Delta. Ah, oh, crap, I screwed it up. Hang on. <laughs> How about what? that? Did you hear it? No. I'll do it again. <laughs> Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Seinfeld. Uh, I mean, I, I was trying to find a way to work that in, and the only thing I could come up with was like to tell you to stay safe during the hurricane and then say that. And so I guess in a way, it wasn't very authentic, my stay safe during the hurricane thing. But I do mean it. I want you to stay safe during it. Hey, do you know the actor? Uh, I think his name is Bradley Whitfield. Jesus. He was on West Wing. And recently he was on a sitcom. He was in uh, that Get Lost movie that, that, uh, that uh, you know, was nominated for an Oscar about the race, the race yeah. movie. You know, is his name Bradley Whitfield? Man, I don't know. How much oh, I'm just wondering, is that the guy that played Jimmy in that Seinfeld? Because that guy's either Bradley Whitfield or he looks a lot like him. Um, yeah, sure he is. <laughs> we'll hit our Google buttons. Upon the conclusion of the podcast, we'll report back Monday. This will be more important than the outcome of the Alabama game. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, stay safe and uh, enjoy the weekend. Roll Tide to you. Too. Roll Tide.